indeed there are more questions than answers like did the chicken commit suicide to get to the other side hi america uh. hello world <laughs> wow. my name is adrian lee and i am your host welcome to the show more questions than answers the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world each week my guests and i will search the world's newspapers websites and tv shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your light and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming, and I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. So let me introduce my guests. Firstly, the mysterious and Vesson Heather Morris... She's been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and DVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather didn't know she was dyslexic until she turned up at a toga party dressed as a goat. Oh, Welcome to the that's show. Not fair. I ain't afraid of no goat. Oh, I also wish to introduce the mad and crazy Michelle Corey. She was born and raised in Moira, Minnesota, and has an avid interest in all things paranormal. As a kid, Michelle was made to walk the plank. They couldn't afford a dog. Welcome to the show. Oh, wow. This is series two. Oh, she's just got it. No, Episode 91. 91 is a chicken-loving pirate-following kind of a number. 91 is the international dialing code that would put you through to India. I read a story this week. An Indian man went to his social security office but left all his paperwork at home on the kitchen table. The office clerk said, We need proof of your birth before we can get things started. He then pulled open his shirt 
showed his chest and said, look, I'm over 65. Look at all these grey hairs on my chest. The clerk said, I do believe you and we'll get the process started, but you need to give me proof. So he had to go home. He went home, collected his forgotten paperwork. His wife was sat there. He explained to his wife what had happened. And she replied, well, when you go back, pull down your pants and you should be able to get disability allowance too. If you add up the amount of every coin available under a dollar, if you add a cent to a nickel to a dime, etc., you will have the sum of 91 cents. I asked my mother for 10 pounds when I was a little boy. She replied, do I look like I'm made of money? And I replied, well, isn't that what mom stands for? Psalm 91 in the Bible is known as the Psalm of Protection. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. If God is watching us, the least we can do is be entertaining, right? Hurrah! (laughs) I love reading out our mailbag. (laughs) I love this show. Have I ever mentioned that? I love reading out our mailbag. Every week I read out your messages, your letters of support, everything you send me on Facebook and through email. Jerry from Michigan posted, I have been listening for about six months now. Keep up the great work. That's very kind of you. Yay, Jerry, thanks, Jerry. from Michigan. Martin, our good friend in New York and regular listener, has written, more questions and answers, drinking game. I think we need more than just snorts to take a drink. I suggest a sip every time Heather uses the word bunk. (laughs) I like it. Christ, we'd all be drunk. Bunk and snort. (laughs) Well, bunk and snort happened to be a pub I used to drink in back in East London, strangely enough. Alva has also posted he drinks with his friends whenever the bell rings. Good news, sir. We found traces of blood in your alcohol supply. I like the idea of snort, bunk and bell. Because yes. that's, that's my attorney. Attorneys to the stars, <laughs> Snort Bunk and Bell. I know them personally, of course. Isaac Snort and Mordecai Bell are very good friends of mine. Mitchell <laughs> in Oklahoma posted, I missed the first round last week, but loved what I heard. Always keeps me laughing. I wonder what he was doing where he missed the first round last week. Naughty. Laurie from Minneapolis simply wrote, first time listener, fun show. Thanks, you Laurie. You are more than welcome, Laurie. Thank you. Please spread the word. If you like our show, if you're listening to our show as we speak, why not post a link for us on your Facebook site and tell the world that you're listening to more questions than answers. The only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Now, we have archives, of course. If you wish to listen to the uh, archives of our show, that's the last three years' worth of shows. I know a lot of people binge listen to those, and you can listen to 10 or 12 back-to-back if you're at work, perhaps, or if you're in the Mm -hmm. gym. If you've got a long car journey, if you're Mm -hmm. walking the dog, if you go to soundcloud.com and search for MQTA Radio, all of our archives are there. And remember, we do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show that we don't do on air when we finish this show at the top of the hour we stay in the studio we do an extra 20 minutes in a round called not for your mother the stories from around the week that we can't read out live on air so there's a little bit extra for you there we're also on stitcher we're on itunes and we're on TuneIn radio and if you enjoy those shows there's little love hearts you can press please give us a thumbs up please like those shows that helps enormously 
Also, if you've read any of my books, do feel free to go onto Amazon and write me a nice review, even if it's just a good job. Adrian, 90% of all books in this country are now sold through Amazon, and the more reviews you get, the more they will promote your book. And of course, Mysterious Midwest, Unwrapping Urban Legends and Ghostly Tales from the Dead is my latest book, and it will arrive for you before Christmas if you wish to use that as a gift or a stocking stuffer. Of course, if you wish to listen to the show first, we're on Dark Matter Radio, 8 o'clock Central Time. If you go to darkmatterdigitalnetwork.com at 8 o'clock Central Time, you will hear the show first on a Friday night. And remember, we have 100,000 listeners a week in 190 countries. All of tonight's stories, all of our fun, all of the conversations, the chat room, and much, much more is on Facebook. So any time... During this evening or during our archives, you can go to Facebook. You can go to More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee, and you will find everything there for you in glorious Technicolor. And finally, you can follow us on our Twitter account. That's Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. That's T-I-P-S for the International Paranormal Society. And we currently have 89,500 followers on there. I would like to give a shout out as well to a gentleman who's now following us. He comes from Long Prairie. His name is Johnny Four Fingers. So I'm glad. <laughs> Love Johnny Four Fingers. I'm glad you like the show and I hope you get well soon. Now, in the lead up to Christmas, we are reading out some information about our local food shelf. We're willing to help out all of the local charities in the area in which we're broadcasting from. I've got a letter here I'm going to read out. The lady has written this this week is Clarice. We've spoken about her over the last few weeks. Clarice is running the local food shelf and she's actually given me a piece of paper to read out. She says the Wyndham Area Sharing Centre is again looking for your help with their fundraiser. Last year our programme helped get the word out that they were in need of a freezer and we were able to help with that goal in mind. So everything that was donated last year through MQTA went to buying them a giant walk-in freezer. And it's I went there today. Yeah. I visited today. I actually went to see her. She showed me the walk-in freezer. I joked that it was actually probably colder outside than it was in the walk-in freezer. <laughs> I was wrong. It was colder in the walk-in freezer. <laughs> she said that freezer is now in place and it's being used. So thank you to everyone who donated through MQTA last year. She says they now need help purchasing food for the centre and repairs to their floor. This is a great opportunity to help the shelf as all donations are matched by the Prudence Lodge. That's the Minnesota Masonic Charity. They're going to match from now on in. If you sent donations last week, they're now going to match this week as well. And on the run-up to Christmas, everything that you donate. So whatever sum of money oh, you great. can afford mm -hmm. to donate, the Masonic Lodge is going to match that. So that's your awesome. donation mm -hmm. is actually going to be worth double. Any and all private donors, individuals or companies who would like to help support the Wyndham Minnesota local food shelf can write their checks to the Prudence Lodge number 97. So you can write your check to Prudence Lodge number 97 and they will match that sum of money. And you can mail that to the Wyndham Area Sharing Centre. That's the Wyndham Area Sharing Centre, P.O. Box one. Seven eight. That's Wyndham, Minnesota, 56101. And, of course, your donations are totally deductible. So remember, if you give freely, you shall receive freely as well. Now, I must tell a very quick story before we run into the round. That is Ghosts and Hauntings. 
Last week, yeah. this week, I went to a small farm. It's in Redwood Falls, Redwood County. There's a small town called Morgan. This is in the southwest of Minnesota. I never knew this existed. I've done a lot of historical walks and talks and lectures, and I've done paranormal investigations over the last year in Redwood Falls and Redwood County. You may have heard them on our show when we played the evidence. I didn't know that one of the biggest axe murders that took place anywhere in the Midwest, if not America, was just 30 minutes away from where we're broadcasting. Wow. I was not aware of this. Everyone knows the Velasca. Right. Axe House mm -hmm. is uh, Axe Murder House. That's in Iowa, I believe. Right. Mm -hmm. This one took place on the 22nd of March, 1917. A gentleman's written a book about the history of these axe murders. And I went out to this desolate farm. The wind was whistling through the prairies. Everything was looking brown and cold. A little dirt track leads up to the house. The house has been raised to the ground. There's just the basement, just the earthworks, <sighs> the stone filled rock basement that you can now go into gentleman murdered his wife and four children oh. with an axe oh. and then hung himself and the youngest child was five five weeks old oh, the youngest child God. and the house wasn't very large it was only 30 foot by 30 foot the local school teacher came up the lane it was pitch black she didn't understand why there was no lights on. She lit her lantern and suddenly illuminated the guy hanging oh. from the rafter directly in front of her. And then, of course, she saw what was laying behind him. So I wasn't aware this took place. I had no knowledge of this event. And I said to the gentleman who'd written the book, I was wandering around. There was a camera crew out there. He's promoting his book. His name's Marty Seifert, if you wish to look that book up. It's on the axe murders that took place there. There was a film crew. I wandered around psychically, and there was a lot of energy there, a lot of anger, a lot of angst, a lot of frustrations and confusions I was picking up psychically. I said to the author, where's the axe? Does anyone know where it went? And he said, for 60 years, it was in the sheriff's office in town in Redwood Falls. But when oh. they relocated, when they went to a new site, they didn't know what to do with it because it was being held for evidence originally. And someone suggested they take it to the Historical Society. Well, I'm good friends with the Historical Society in Redwood County. I've done many talks for them and raised money for them. I then drove there. I said to Pat Lubeck, who is the curator of that particular museum, I said, do you have the axe that took place here with the axe murders? I said, I've never heard of this before this morning. She said, yes, we've got that. She took me to a vault, undid the vault door. There's boxes from floor to ceiling. Not quite like Indiana Jones, of course, but there was lots of crates and boxes. <laughs> she hands me a very long box. I took it out. I put it on the table. I opened up the box. There was a four-foot axe looking at me, wooden-handled, rusty at one end, of course. No hint of blood or guts or anything like that. Oh, gross. She said... Oh. Well, yeah, I was wondering if it might have been stained. Do you know what I mean? Oh, okay. And she said to me, would you like to pick it up? So obviously I'm empathic, I'm a psychic, and I took a deep intake of breath. And I picked it up, and I'm holding the axe that massacred these five individuals. Oh, God. It was a very angry axe. There was a lot of vibes. There was a lot of buzzing. It felt like wasps in my hand. I'm there holding the axe that took place that was the instrument of their death. Uh, that 
murder site. And that was that was been my week. That was my week. That's did what you, I did. Did you smudge yourself this after? This week. I did consider the idea, yes. I had a, <laughs> had a good smudging on the way home, <laughs> which is good news. But that was, in fact, my week. So I thought that was a very interesting story. And that's what I've been up to. Lots of strange, ghoulish, macabre tales. It's just remarkable what happens in your own area. Mm-hmm. And you just don't know the history, do you? You just no. don't know what takes place. Is quite remarkable. We run into the round that is ghosts and hauntings. Everyone has parity because everybody is on zero. I have a very sad story to start this off. Oh boy. I thought I'd bring this up. Actress Alice Drummond, best known for playing the librarian in the original Ghostbusters film, has died at the age of 88. Her friend June Gable said the actress died from complications after a fall she sustained two months ago. Drummond's other film credits include Doubt, which starred Amy Adams and Meryl Streep, and Awakenings with Robert De Niro and Robin Williams. That was a great film, by Mm -hmm. the way. She also played Ross and Monica's grandmother in an episode of Friends. (laughs) Always one of my favourite shows. Drummond was born (laughs) Alice Elizabeth Reiter on the 21st of May 1928. She became known as a theatre and television actress before landing her first feature film role in the 1970 comedy Where's Papa? Drummond also went on to appear in Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, alongside Jim Carrey. (laughs) But it was her appearance in the original Ghostbusters film released in 1984, which is likely to be best remembered for. In the opening scene, Drummond is seen as a librarian who is terrified by a spook among the bookshelves before being questioned by Bill Murray's character. Do you remember her? Yes, I do. Yep. Do you remember he asks her about her menstrual cycle and he asks her about her drug-taking habits and the rest (laughs) kind of looking at him as if he's mad and the poor woman's obviously very elderly. (laughs) But that's just uh, a joy in that particular film. But a very sad, very sad story. If you wish to see her full obituary, you can go to our Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Horrors? Well, I have a mom who panics as chilling black-eyed child ghost stalks her in a horror photo. Black-eyed child stalks her in a horror. She's stalking her. I've got black eyes. Yeah. My eyes are black. You can't easily tell. And you stalk, too. The Irish. (laughs) (laughs) Only when I get caught. (laughs) Your mother needs to change her bathroom (laughs) towels more often. I will say that. Hannah Butler, 24, says she has been terrorized by the ghost of an orphan girl dressed in white. Always in white, yet never in anything else. With jet black hair and eyes. It all started when she photographed the youngster while on a ghost walk in Hassel Forshire Woods, East Riding. East Riding in Yorkshire. Yep, in Yorkshire back in 2013. I started freaking out. I was so shocked. I started crying and had to leave. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Here's the acting. (laughs) Hannah, who is a mum to 15-month-old daughter Emma, said, Our guide showed us this tree and told us that some people had seen a ghost of a little orphan girl there who is looking out to sea, waiting for her daddy. I just snapped away at the tree. I must have taken about 10 photos. I was wandering around looking through them and then I saw it. I thought I had just imagined her. And oh, then geez. I started and then I started freaking out. I hope she wasn't. She had her daughter with. I oh, was, that doesn't make any difference these days, does it? I was so shocked. <gasps> oh. 
Wow, Oscar winning. I started crying and I had to leave. I stayed over at my friend's house for a few days and wow. after that because I was just so scared. Because like the deer hunter. <laughs> <laughs> the, the old deer hunter. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Hannah's photo taken around midnight, see, told you, shows what you appears. You can't <laughs> say told you when you're holding the story. You know what's coming next. You've got the story in your hand. I should be the one saying told you. You can't confirm what you're already holding. Um, anyway, Hannah's, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Hannah's photo taken around midnight, told you, shows what appears to be. You're a minus three points. <laughs> I'm not having that. Oh, no. Shows what appears to be the figure of a young girl with black eyes aged around five. Hannah added, it sounds silly, but after that night, I've had dreams about the girl. She's been on my mind a lot. I think of her often and I still dream about her. I think she will never leave me. If- oh, snow and bell and heavens on minus three. Just neck the bottle would be my advice. If there was a dark room, Bunk. I would always be scared. I would always be scared that she was there in the corner, and I still feel like that at times. Everyone, take a drink. Bunk. It's only if I say it. To- is it? Oh, you're creating the rules, are you? Yeah. I am on two points. Michelle is yet to score and Heather has started on a resplendent minus three. Bunk. A man who who decided to explore an abandoned gold mine ended up having truly terrifying experiences. Uh It's a bit Scooby-Doo, isn't it? The abandoned mine. Yes. It's old man Withers from the old mine. (laughs) Footage filmed by the brave adventurer in the cavernous dark spaces of the 150-year-old Waldeck mine in Australia was creepy enough to start with. But as he walks through the tunnels, something really scary begins to happen. An eerie sound like a host of spooky whispering voices can be heard on the tape, completely freaking out the explorer. He says, what is that? Wind? I'm not sure if you can hear that on the camera. (laughs) Did he have beans the night before? (laughs) In a dark, echoing, cavernous space. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) I'm no psychic but I think your mother's coming through (laughs) yes you are (laughs) when he stops walking and falls silent the whispers seem to stop as well oh was that one of those he's walking walking? he's walking one out was it a blip did he cough (laughs) wow He said, I don't know what that is. I can guess. That doesn't sound like the wind. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) I don't know if that's a bird or a snake. Uh, I bet there's people all over the world tonight. They're laying in bed with their loved ones. (laughs) Oh, hang on. That was a bird or a snake. He added, I've heard some weird stuff in mines. But that is definitely, <laughs> definitely <laughs> creepy. Yeah. <laughs> it crept out. So let's get out of here. The eerie video was posted on YouTube by the user under the name Exploring Abandoned Mines. Did the canary die? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> my dad, we used to have to go in with a canary after he'd finished. Seriously. He'd take a paper in there and work out his week's viewing while that was happening. That's, Poor canary. That's terrible. He wrote very strange sounds seemed to be emanating from the area we just passed through. <laughs> On the post, he wrote, The Wardek Mine is an abandoned gold mine located deep in a forest canyon in the high country. I went there on a stormy night. Viewers were freaked out by the footage and the eerie noises, with some claiming they were demons. Entering into the gates of Hades, no less, but there's no two-headed dog there. Once said... Something was barking. I'm st- it was spiders. <laughs> Good times. I'm starting to think these sounds are from miners. Ghosts trying to warn you to get out of there. They never hurt you, so they're warning you. Others praise the explorer's coverage. I'd have needed new undies after that. Did he really say that? Yes, I'm sure he probably did. You made the right choice in leaving. That was not the wind or bats or anything other than voices. I clearly heard, do you see me? It's like a ventriloquist. Do you know the word ventriloquist means to excel air? Yes. Ventriloquist means air, breathing out air. Okay. Like a vent. Okay. See where we are. I mm-hmm. thought I'd go with that. <laughs> if you wish to see and hear, <laughs> the go- if you dare, <laughs> scratch and sniff, hear the ghostly miners in a damp, dark, cavernous, mm-hmm. echoing mine after a big plate of beans, you are more than welcome to go to our Facebook site, More Questions Than Answers, with Adrian Lee. Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? Namit Vias, 33, took a picture of an off-road trip with the family and friends. It ruined what had been a cute photo of his wife Anita and three-year-old daughter, who were cuddling in the snap. But when transferring the pic from his camera to his phone later that day, he could not believe his eyes. The acting on this show is incredible. Thank you. I know. Unbelievable. Cutting edge. Yes. Mm-hmm. Award-winning, I'd say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My mother said if I had nothing nice to say, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> you shouldn't be doing the show then. <laughs> I'm doing the show because I want to entertain God. We had this at the beginning. <laughs> the snap taken near the city of Sirja in the United Arab Emirates shows a transparent figure with arms raised right beside his family. The torso and head of the figure are almost invisible, but its arms and legs can be seen clearly. I still don't know what this is because I know I had clicked only my wife and daughter within the frame. Namit took the picture near sunset and says he used his camera's auto mode, but how or why the figure appeared in the frame is beyond him. He said, I usually edit all my photos before posting them, but not this time. The photo you see is completely completely raw and untouched. His friend Deepa Jan, who... Deep, deep pan what? <laughs> deep pan deep Jan. Pan, deep pan pizza. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow. Who joined the family on the trip was just as baffled by the picture. He said, the shadow in the picture is clearly visible, but what's baffling is that there is no one else in the frame except the two. The figure doesn't resemble any of the women in our group. 
Dubai-based paranormal investigator Anjali Sermana is adamant Namit has snapped a ghost. He said such images are often produced when certain energies we can't see are caught on camera. This might have been the case here too. I've actually been to Sharjah in the United Arab Emirates. I went there on my way to India. I had to stop to refuel. And there's just desert as far as the eye can see. And then there's this small little bit of green where there's a golf course there watering. And Sharjah Airport's amazing. They had camels for sale and Rolls Royces and the most unbelievable things. When you go to duty free and you want to buy something, you're normally looking for a bottle of Jack Daniels, a couple of cigars and some chocolates for your mother and a big length of Toblerone. And they had Mercedes and Rolls Royce for sale. You could buy camels and racehorses and the most incredible things. It was an unbelievable place. That's a big difference. Mm Mm-hmm. What, between buying between a camel? A, between a camel and a Rolls Royce. And some Toblerone. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, Rolls Royce isn't going to get you across the desert, is it? So there is a place for such things. There you but go. it's true. It was an amazing, amazing duty-free shop. If you wish to see the gymnast from the United Arab Emirates doing star jumps in the background of a photograph, you can go to our Facebook site, More Questions Than Answers, with Adrian Lee. I was thinking that this could be a residual haunting because star jumps are repetitive. Do you see what I mean? That's like doing a repetitive movement. We've said in the past the residual hauntings is an event happening over and over again, like soldiers marching down a specific street, Uh a widow wandering up and down Uh a widow's walk, looking out over Lake Superior for a lost husband. Okay. Star jumps, gymnastics trampolines would be an ideal place for a residual haunting if you buy your young kid this christmas a trampoline and they spend the next three years jumping up in and a down sling on that trampoline <laughs> in a sling <laughs> from falling off the trampoline there's a net on such things health and safety's been considered you could record that that could be a residual haunting there's nothing more repetitive than being on a trampoline is there you could do an investigation on a trampoline with a residual haunting with the person going up and down. If they jumped up and down on that for three years in the garden every summer, surely when that person's passed, that could be a residual haunting. You could put a K2 meter and a DVR on the talk canvas. You could be in bed. It's three o'clock at night. You've stirred in the middle of the night. You've woken up. You don't know why. You can hear a, an owl in the background. The moonlight is shining through your bedroom. You can hear emanating from the garden. Bang, bang, bang. I'm just going to think it's frisky neighbors. Bang. <laughs> that are really slow. Yeah. Bang, 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 bang. Bang, chicka, chicka, the neighbors are so good that when they're finished, I smoke. Oh. I have a story oh, that's no. a fantastic segue between ghosts and UFOs. Really? We've heard about the lights. All our lives, said Genevieve Hammond, who lives in Bula, in the outback of Queensland town. That's Boulon. Boulion. Bullion. Bullion. (laughs) (laughs) She lives in Bullion, an outback of Queensland town, 1,700 kilometres west of Brisbane. Wow. Seeing the eerie light, often described as intensely bright floating balls, has been said to reduce grown men to tears. Any bright floating balls reduced you to tears, Nathan? No. The night is still young. (laughs) It's just one example of the folklore that has grown around them. 
Local kids were warned to behave or the glowing floating balls would get them. Aboriginal <laughs> people suspected them of being spirits, while local legend decrees if the light ever catches up with you, you would surely perish. Mm. Mrs Hammond has heard the stories, but she's never seen the lights until she went camping with her husband John in the vast tree-starved flatness of the western Queensland Channel country. Sounds like the Midwest prairies, doesn't mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. The sky was clear, the night was cold, and there was nothing and no one near, yet the Hammonds weren't alone. We were camping out and we saw the greenish, oval-shaped, blurry lights bobbing up and down. It was parallel to the horizon, about a kilometre away, and seemed to be a metre from the ground. It moved very slowly to the left and then came back on itself and went on like this for about 15 minutes. It was silent, but very eerie. We were trying to think, could it be a neighbour, a car, the ghost of a young girl bouncing on a trampoline? <laughs> But the nearest homestead in that direction was 120 kilometres away. The next day, Jono went over to where the light was, and there was nothing there. It couldn't have been anything else. There's no explanation other than it has to be the Min Min light. Heather, had any trouble with your Min Min? It's light. Nice. Better than being dark, I guess. <laughs> oh, everyone take a drink. <laughs> If you want to shout in bunk, they can have two drinks. <laughs> I've actually read about this phenomenon in Queensland, in Australia. These strange green glowing lights. They think they could have been insects, but they've figured that's not the case. Swamp gas. They've looked at that. That's not the case. They think, and this is only a theory, scientists think it's actually a natural landscape phenomena, almost like a mirage. They think the lights are mm. created by some sort of climatic change in the landscape that's causing this to take place. Do you remember when we went out to that battlefield to do that investigation, I seen something that I've never seen ever in my entire life. Was it a I farmer reading a book? Oh. oh. Controversial. No, the grass was glowing. It was. We went out to Birch Coulee Battlefield. This was the biggest loss of life during the Dakota Sioux Uprising. Uh-huh. 1862, the second of September. We went out there on the anniversary of the battle with all of our equipment. We looked across the prairie. Mm -hmm. 23 soldiers were massacred. Several Native American Indians, over 90 horses, were slaughtered on this battlefield. We were there at night on the anniversary of that battle. And the grass was glowing. We couldn't figure it out there at first. There was lights everywhere. It was very strange. Wow. But we figured out at least part of it it was glowworms i've never seen what? yeah there were glowworms on the floor them. never i've before. never seen a glowworm i thought it was funny to pick one up and squeeze its guts onto heather's face and she looked like something from <laughs> predator Thanks. it was glowing <laughs> she was running through the undergrowth with markings on her face that were glowing it was very funny it's not very funny but yes we did see strange glowing the the ground was glowing wasn't yeah, it and it was, it was glowworms. glowworms it was glowworms wow who knew such things. I shall give myself points for such a <laughs> wondrous yes. and remarkable story. I'm up to a very healthy four. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? It's green men. It's hairy beasties. Is shock alien poo discovery proof UFO visited Greater Manchester? Shock alien poo. Poo. Yeah. Aliens 
defecating. If I, to be honest, if I was flying in a UFO over Manchester, I'd probably wow. drop one over the side as well. <laughs> Just drop saying. Deuce. There you go. And he got caught during a cricket match, and the person was given out. Oh. Andrew Holden, 32, found the jelly-like substance oh, no. in Moreland Too much near, fiber. <laughs> near Junction 22, Junction 22. Of, <laughs> of the M62 while walking his two Jack Russells. The M62. Yes. He's found a jelly-like substance. Yes. He and instantly thinks that's alien poo. Yes. Okay. He took a photo of the deposit. <laughs> Which he described as like a frog spawn and posted it on social media, but was staggered by the response. Similar baffling blobs have been reported all over the world and date back to the 14th century, apparently. Manna from heaven. Wow. But no one has ever been able to work out what the spawn really is. What does it taste like, Michelle? Oh, God. <laughs> nope. It's a little bit... <laughs> A little bit Flemish. Oh, no. Mr. Holden, <laughs> Mr. Holden of Shaw, Greater Manchester, found the space poo two weeks ago. How do they make the connection between finding a blobbery mass and it must be alien poo? I Is don't it, know. Did he keep it? Big jump between no, the two. he didn't keep it. When he returned to the same spot on Saturday, the blob was gone and the grass where it had been was flattened in a circle, like a crop circle. Now. A crop wow. circle. A crop circle. <laughs> that takes some doing. He was trying to write his name. I always find it difficult dotting the eye of Adrian, to be honest. And I just think of those intricate designs. Yes. <laughs> that, takes, that takes a whole fleet of UFOs. <laughs> Mr. Holden, who believes in extraterrestrial life, said it was like something had landed on it. It looked like blobby jelly. The oh, wow. <laughs> You've nailed that man cuny in accent, haven't you? <laughs> the mm. substance is also known as star jelly. Astro... Hang on, Michelle. I'll give you some no. star jelly. No. Astro mixin. Do you want some astral mixin? No. Astral jelly. Do you want some astral jelly? <gasps> star rot. Do you want some Good. star rot? God. Star shot. Come here, sweetheart. <laughs> or... Or moon poo. That moon poo's not. That's a very stubborn <laughs> stain, as you mean. From poo. across the globe. Blobby huh. jelly. Blobby jelly. Blobby what if jelly. that falls on someone's head? What if you're making your way to the shops? You're having a really good day. The birds are tweeting in the trees. The sun is out. Love is in the air. Everywhere I look around. And suddenly, star jelly comes flying down, hits you on the head, ruins your day. Come on, you've got to run home. Run. Covered. Imagine explaining star jelly. That I'm going to gonna call missus. it star jelly from now on. Star jelly. <laughs> I like moon poo. Moon poo and star jelly. Mister. That's our new names. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stick with Adrian if that's okay. <laughs> Mr. Holden said it looked like blobby jelly, like frog spawn. Frog spawn. Frog spawn. <laughs> yep, you've nailed that Manchester accent. But it definitely isn't that. Oh, for <laughs> Jesus, Mary and Joseph. I didn't notice a smell. <laughs> Except the faint bass notes of pineapple. <laughs> oh. And mint. <laughs> I, I'm going to ask, next, next time I go to Dairy Queen, that's the blizzard I'm having. Pineapple and mint blizzard, please. Oh, I thought it was going to be star... Star jelly. Star, star jelly. jelly. <laughs> 
I didn't notice a smell and there are no plants that could secrete something like that. I carried on going further up and I found some more. It was a breast implant. But it wasn't as jelly-like. This was more crystallized. Well, he says the next time I see it, I'm going to collect some in a plastic tub and freeze it so I could get it tested. Okay, we wait with bated breath. Star Jelly has scored two points and she's now up to minus (laughs) one. I have a story that says shocked passengers picture mysterious pole floating 5,000 feet high. Now, that's just showing off, isn't it? It is. The unnamed lad was flying from Malaga to Bristol when he looked out of the window and saw what looked like to be a huge levitating rod of metal in the air. Posting a bizarre picture of it online, he told internet users he had used his flight mapper information to work out that he was nearly 5,000 feet above the land. But what about the girth? He then asked people what the pole could have possibly been, considering it was literally poking out of the sky nearly a mile high. Was it striped? I would think the pilot (laughs) would have seen it. It was not striped. It seemed... Was it sticky? Oh. Yeah, was it sticky? <laughs> it wasn't sticky. <laughs> With a giant candy cane suddenly appeared that's bringing down air traffic all over Europe. <laughs> Watch out! There's an air... Ah! Black box. Recover the black box. There's giant candy canes popping up all over Britain as we speak. <laughs> and it seems people on a photo sharing site were equally baffled by the mysterious object. One said, I would think the pilot would have seen it. Surely, it's huge. I don't even know how to judge the size of it. There's nothing to compare to it. Another claimed it was some kind of extraterrestrial making contact with Earth. But a couple of people pointed out that it might have been the top of the Mendip transmitting station, a 1,000-foot broadcasting pole that's erected (laughs) in Somerset. (laughs) I have seen this. It's difficult to tell from the picture what's actually going on, but there's a giant pole poking out of the top of the clouds. It could be, and I did consider, that there may have been a scratch on the outside of the window of the aeroplane he's looking out of. Or his lens. Or his lens. And you know, sometimes in an aeroplane, you get little frost crystals that Mm -hmm. start to go in straight lines. It looked a little bit like that. I shall give myself points. Of course. Your poo story. Yeah. Was in Manchester. Mm-hmm. This has reminded me that on Monday, I went and had dinner with a gentleman. His name's Brian. I'll give him a shout out. He's yeah. from Manchester. Mm-hmm. So here in the Midwest, there's me being unique as a Brit, meets Brian from Manchester and instantly becomes common overnight. Mm-hmm. But that's my issue. I've got to deal with that. Brian's a very nice gentleman, very intelligent, done many wondrous things with his life, has appeared in Star Trek. He holds world records, Guinness World Records for various mm-hmm. feats wow. as a stuntman back in the day. The reason I'm bringing this up is because his good wife, a lady named Helen, we were sat there and I said a joke. I told a joke. Two Brits together, we're having a laugh and a joke. Right. I said, wow, that's very Aries because I'm an Aries and it was a very Aries type joke that I made. She said, oh, I'm an Aries too. And I said, are you March or are you April? She said, I'm April. I said, oh, fabulous. What day in April was you born? And she said, 17th of April. I said, wow. I shook her by the hand. I said, I'm 17th of April as well. 
Isn't that an amazing coincidence? That's... I've met someone who shares the same birthday as me. Now, I have met other people in my life that share the same birthday with me. If you've got 85,000 followers on Twitter, you can be sure that a large number of them would have been born on the 17th of April. There's only a one in 365 chance. And if you have 85,000 followers, 89, I think actually on our last count, nearly 90,000 followers, then there will be a lot of people that share the same birthday as you. You don't normally ask ladies what year they were born. You don't ask ladies their age. But out of interest, I said, so what year was that? She said, 1970. I said, I was born in 1970. We share exactly... Wow. The same birthday, same day, same year, everything. And then I said, what time was you born? And she said, half past ten. I was born at half past ten as well. Our heads were coming out of our mothers at exactly the same time. I find that remarkable. I'm going to spend the rest of my life never meeting someone ever again, I suspect, that was born the same time as me. Unless there's anyone listening to the show that was born on the 17th of April at half past ten. And then you can write in and there will be three of us. We'll get together <laughs> We'll get together in the same room. The clouds will part. A big beam of light will come down. We'll hear angels singing and there'll be world domination. There you go. I just thought that was a remarkable story. If you're looking for it coincidences is. and strange things going on in the mm -hmm. universe, mm -hmm. that would be one of them. That was quite remarkable. It still sends the hairs on the back of my neck up. I find that remarkable. That does mean, of course... The summer holidays of 1969 were very successful for our parents, apparently. <laughs> all that fresh air, all that sunshine, all of that camping. We now move into the final round of the evening. That is the strange and the bizarre. It's the stories from around the world that are too strange and too bizarre not to read out, but don't fit easily into any other category. Heather or Star Jelly, as she's now known, what have you got for me tonight in the round of S&B? I'm going to go on a Christmas theme. If Christmas you don't mind. theme. Yeah. No, we're only a couple of weeks away. You I get know. in there. Receptionist makes ridiculous error ordering Christmas decorations for her office. Coworkers get a huge shock. Uh oh. I know, right? Mm -hmm. It's finally December, and we're all looking for ways to make ourselves feel more festive. One woman was hoping to make her office a bit more jolly by sprucing up the place with some reindeer decorations. But it all went terribly, terribly wrong. Or fantastically wrong, depending on how you look at it. Her colleague revealed all in a message to a friend who later posted it on the exchange on Twitter. You see, she didn't know it until they arrived, but she actually ordered Two live reindeer. <gasps> two oh, live. Wow. <laughs> Can you even post those? How do you even? How's know. that even possible? I don't know. Do they just turn up. Big crate. <laughs> Package for Missy Smith. This is Acme on this yes, side. Exactly. <laughs> Here's some carrots. Air holes in it. <laughs> the message read: Best thing at work happened today. Our receptionist ordered two reindeer for Christmas decorations for the office. She only went and ordered two real ones they accidentally. Must have been expensive. That's got to be expensive. Yeah, she had a big budget. She wow. probably didn't care because she had a credit card, didn't she? It probably said realistic looking realistic. or something. You know? An animatronic. <laughs> They're even pooing. That's remarkable. Lifelike. <laughs> 
Did one of them have a red nose? No, no. no. They managed to stop themselves in time then. Well, what they did is they said, we have parked them up in our bike shed outside. So Felic- Like a nativity scene. Kind of, oh, yeah. a baby in a manger. Oh, Felicity, who had tweeted the hilarious gaffe, then provided an update to those interested, saying the reindeer people picked Dancer and Prancer up last Aww. night. They were not left parked up in the bike shed overnight, so you guys don't have to worry. And they've now been processed, and they've got sausages for Christmas. No! Everybody's happy. (laughs) We wondered where he would strike next. We feared he had gone too quiet. We waited, crouching and poised in anticipation. It is the return of the Phantom Turner! Bloke drops shorts and poos outside tattoo parlour as commuters head to work. The disgusting footage shows a man (laughs) casually sauntering past Guns and Tattoos custom tattoo and piercing studio in the village of Lucan, County Dublin, Ireland. Ignoring the fact... Guns and Tattoos? He was in full view of a busy road during the morning commute. He drops his shorts and squats down to do a quick six-second poo on the side of the building. I wonder if this is my guy. Six seconds long. <laughs> this is your boyfriend. No, no, no. Remember I had the guy in Dublin? There was a guy in Ireland that was going around dropping his guts. Quick draw. The horse poo. That's right. He struck again. He's now at a tattoo parlor shop. Stephen Dowling, 18, found the mess as he went to open the shop. Six, <gasps> six seconds long this took. You can't even open a magazine. You can't even get the... Newspaper open for your horoscope. It's six, <laughs> six seconds. Do you think he's practicing in his own yard to see how quick he can get it done? <laughs> when you got it, like, when you gotta go, you gotta go. Like an Olympic sport. This never used to happen years ago. I never remember seeing this. I didn't go around London as a kid seeing people just defecating Cop, randomly like in shop doorways. Porky pig in it. Proper porky pig in it. <laughs> Stephen Dowling said it absolutely stank. I couldn't oh. believe it. It was disgusting. I walked up to open the shop at around midday and there it was, a poo against the wall. All in all, it's just another poo in the wall. <laughs> it, hold on, hold on. It was a poo against the wall? Yes, so it shot out, <laughs> hit the wall, this projectile, clung to it, and, and crawled then down. Dribbled down, <gasps> slithered away, and now they're using it to do pole vault with. Oh. True enough. Straight away, I went to look at the CCTV, and I couldn't find it because I was searching through the nighttime video. Then we saw what we thought was the Phantom Turtler. The apprentice tattooist was forced to hose down the damage before oh. opening the studio. The interesting thing was that it was halfway up the wall. <gasps> so that was pretty impressive. You'd have to be pretty steaming to think it was acceptable to do what he did, he had. I'll never forget the smell of it. It was completely vile. You never forget a visit from the Phantom. He will have PTSD now. Yes. Pro- this is post turdler stress disorder. Michelle, <laughs> or Moon Poo, as you would now like to be known, yes. you are on four points. What have you got for me tonight in the round of Strange and Bizarre? 
A grandmother was left horrified when she found the mummified body of her own grandson in her attic two years after he suddenly went missing. What? Did no one... Th I mean, several questions spring to mind. Firstly, what about the smell? And yes. secondly, sh that, that suggests to me that she's not been in the attic for two years. Yes. I find that very odd. It doesn't it, you know, once they decompose, doesn't it drip? Oh, there's seepage. Oh, yeah. I would say. Yeah, once once you've been dead quite a while, they're taking you off the carpet with a fish slice at oh, that yeah. stage. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's plenty oh. of juices. This is true. Zenobia Richmond, 65, from Erie, Pennsylvania, heard a bang upstairs at her home and went to investigate. She made the grim discovery of the badly decomposed body of Dequan Rogers, who had vanished on November 1st, 2014. Now, there was a loud bang. Mm -hmm. Two things happened there. Either he exploded yep. or he decomposed in such a way that he then collapsed and hit the floor. Do you see what I mean? What was he doing? The corpse had fallen against the attic door. Oh. And Erie County Coroner Lyle Cook is now confident the body is of the missing grandson. That means when she went up there, she had to push against the door yeah. with the decomposing two-year-old corpse pressing against it on the other side. That's oh. grim discoveries, isn't it? His mother said, I just kept pretending like he had left Erie, so I just kept focusing on that, that he left here. That's what I kept saying. Dequan was 21 years old when he was last seen alive. He had failed to show up for his management job that day, and his family found his cell phone, wallet, and glasses at the house. His final few Facebook posts suggested that he was unhappy about something, with one post on October 31st, 2014, reading, I have been having the worst luck lately. The next day was the last day he was seen alive. You say he's had the worst luck lately. He's won the best game of hide-and-seek in the history of mankind. <laughs> oh, Someone needs to wow. get the man a trophy. Oh. <laughs> one post uploaded two weeks before on October 16th said, People are acting strange lately, and that's why I'm doing it. For me, not for them. Despite family and friends organizing a number of search parties, they could not unpick the mysterious disappearance, and the cops were in the dark, too. Erie Police Lieutenant Julie Clemming told the Erie Times News it was one of the few cases around here that is still a mystery. It appears that the body had been in the attic for two years. Cops said the death appears to be a suicide, but the investigation is continuing. The family does not agree with the suggestion of it being a suicide, and Dequan's aunt Erica told the Eric Times News, I don't believe any of this stuff. I want answers. Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Strange and Bizarre? Well, Star Jelly. I have some information for you. This show is very informative. I mm -hmm. almost see this show as a public information service free so, of charge to the I'm general proud public. Of that. This Absolutely. is a public service announcement. Perfect. You've got the voice for it. Yes. You're most likely to be dumped on a specific day of the year and it's approaching fast. Oh no. Very fast. So you don't have to buy that person Christmas presents. It may be the season to be jolly, but it's also the season to have your heart ripped out and stamped on, apparently. Oh, no. Aww. There may be countless couples being all snugly and festive across social media or walking hand in hand as they do 
their Christmas shopping, but rejoice for their happiness is not, in fact, assured. The day of reckoning is coming. Bong. And... She's doing a bong. (laughs) Wow. Wow. It helps you take the edge off the show. That's right. Uh, Not only is it coming, but it's coming soon. I wanted to play with the knob, too. This is God. (laughs) You need to pay attention. Uh, well, having navigated the day men are supposedly most likely to cheat, the day when couples are most likely to break up is in a few days' time. So we when is day. it? What do day? You, yeah. Go on. Well, yes. in a couple of days' time. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm guessing the 12th. No. The 10th. Yeah, well, That's it's tomorrow, in between both it? of you. It's ah. December 11th. What's that, Sunday? Yes. Sunday, okay. The specific date, this Sunday, has been identified by statisticians, Facebook posts, and statuses. As for the reasons behind these breakups, there are different theories. And some of the theories are money-savvy partners may not feel the relationship oh. is worth forking out on a present for oh, their for significant others. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I just can't be bothered. Let's ditch her. <laughs> Keep me money. Go out with me, mates. Now there's more. While others may decide they don't actually want to introduce people into the family oh, yeah. mix. Oh, Christmas dinner right. with the family. Mm-hmm. I see where we are. Of course, it's also a stressful time for many people. Shopping. And it may be relationships are simply a casualty of the festive period and all the things it can bring to the surface. But if you make it past December 11th, then breathe a temporary sigh of relief. Dumping numbers go down on Christmas Day, but start creeping up again <laughs> in the spring. To you be know, fair. right before Valentine's well, Day. Yes. <laughs> if I've already bought the presents, do you see what I mean? You might as well get them at that point. You if know, you have a it. present under the tree, you're, good. you're pretty safe. Yes, go and have a look. <laughs> If there's no present under the tree, I'd start making plans. I had to take my tree down. Oh, no. oh. What, due to killer cat issues? To your yes. peanut. Little peanut. Peanut killed it. Peanut the cat, the killer of Christmas dreams. Yep. It's a defoliation program in her house, similar to Agent Orange, but her name's Peanut and she's a cat. They don't mention the fact as well that people get drunk at Christmas parties and there's inappropriate behaviour, so people will break up due to that. The new year is looming, and of course the new year brings about that sense of New Year's resolution starting with a clean slate. But Miss Morris, you are correct. If your presents are currently under the tree, if you go and have a look, and there's a little tag with your name on it. You're safe until at least after Christmas. You've got a couple of weeks to plan your getaway. That's a joy. We now quickly and seamlessly and effortlessly move into the round that is not for your mother. This means you have found us in our archives. Why not press the button with the little love heart next to it and give our show a good review? This is the round not for your mother. The round we can't read out live on Dark Matter Digital Network at 8 o'clock Central Time for fear of being removed or for gaining a hefty fine. These are stories from around the world that your mother should not be listening to if she's of a nervous and delicate disposition. If there's any children in the room, they need to be removed. Life is busy. It's a grind every day, even before you decide to stay up too late. Bin's watching your latest obsession. That's probably why many people have such a hard time waking up in the morning. Or maybe they're just lazy. That's also possible. Either way, it's a problem. Christmas just around the corner, I might add. 
One company has had an idea to making getting up in the morning a little more easier. It's a simple idea for an alarm clock. Instead of waking you up with an annoying noise, it wakes you up with an orgasm. The little rooster is the wildest, <laughs> best idea in alarm clock technology since coffee pots that get the coffee going before you even wake up. The little rooster is designed for women, but really... Anyone can give it a try if you decide to get creative. Through the site, it also promises a design for men in the very near future. The sleek design is intended to make it so you don't feel it while you're sleeping, though you will definitely feel it if you normally sleep naked because it's designed to be cradled in your underwear while you sleep. It looks <laughs> simple enough. Set the alarm and the little rooster, which has 30 levels of intensity, starts to very gently vibrate a five minutes before the alarm is set to go off. It gradually increases intensity. If you're not in the mood, it has a snooze button, just like a regular alarm clock, although it might be a little tougher to actually get to. Yep, your mother wouldn't let me get near it. While it's definitely not for everyone, it appears to be doing the trick for some. The little rooster is currently out of stock. However, shipments are expected to resume later this month. It retails for just $100. That's it. Making it a sex toy priced alarm that you can afford. But that seems fair because most alarm clocks aren't interested in making you happy. I'm wearing one now and it's set to go off in two minutes time. I've had my sheets in the laundry every day this week for a month, and it's the last time I'm ever falling asleep on a train. <laughs> Miss Morris, oh what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? So for $100, I can get a little pecker? There you go. A little Excellent. rooster. Yeah, a little pecker. Slip it in your panties, go to bed. Excellent. She's going to bed at 9 o'clock in the evening now, 8 o'clock some evenings. Need an early night. Well, a bizarre video has captured the moment a house party took a shocking turn. After a woman stripped into her knickers. That's a great British word, isn't it? Knickers. Knickers. And used a stun gun on her vagina. <gasps> oh, what? On her vajayjay. That's going to sting in the morning. A stun gun? A stun gun. She tased it? Oh, At no. a house party in the middle of a group of people. The beef? She needs yeah. some chapsticks now for her lips. That's Aww. terrible. In the clip, the woman is standing in a lounge surrounded by a group of her friends who all egg her on as she slides off her jeans. <laughs> Wearing just a pair of turquoise knickers, which I'm sure turned a lovely shade of lime green, <laughs> the woman then kneels on the floor and holds the stun gun to her genitalia. And after building up her courage, she then activates the device and immediately screams in pain. <laughs> They torture people like that in Arab countries. Well, she tortured herself. Yes, her tulips. Then she then falls. Hang on, they on come her from back. Amsterdam, don't they? Tulips. <laughs> That's probably why she bought it. What, in yes. Amsterdam? Uh, well, tulips from Amsterdam. She then falls on her back and rolls around in pain as the group laugh hysterically and point. Yeah, out. yeah, I know. The woman can barely stand <laughs> as she joins in the laughter. <sighs> Drinking I again. Know. Oh, but it's so funny. It's my two minutes. 
Another. <laughs> I love this show. Yeah, it only takes two minutes. Another. Oh! Oh! <laughs> Another. And that's twice with a cigarette break. <laughs> Another member of the party then grabs hold of the stun gun and puts it on his willy and uses it on the back of one of his pals, causing him to jump in shock. <laughs> or something like that. Or oh, uh, you didn't whatever. do the actions when she put it on her JJ. How do you know? <laughs> <laughs> no. She'd had three kids. What can I say? No. Eventually, the pair managed to get back on their feet, at which point the video <laughs> cuts off. The footage is now being viewed more than 81,000 times on YouTube, and it was not clear where the video was shot or whether either the man or the woman suffered any injuries as a result of the tasering. There's some strange people. (laughs) This is what happens when people drink over the Christmas period. Stun gun on your most intimate details. On the vag. That's not good news. But there is a part of me that wants to see that. Oh, I do. I think we'll go upstairs when this uh, is finished and we'll get on the internet and we'll have a look at that. Before we leave the studio. I'm really not interested. Yes, please. I, I totally want to see yeah, this. Yeah, Michelle and myself want to see it. I'm sure Nathan's interested. He's, he's, oh, he's, he's out the door already. He's gone. He's plugging in his laptop as we speak. Wow. Michelle, or Moon Poo as you are now known. Yes. What have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? A bishop claims to be able to make men's penises larger by massaging their groin with his hands. So spanking the bishop then? Yes. <laughs> Nice. Ghanaian preacher. Can you Daniel Obinim has been filmed performing a ritual where he moves around a room full of men, grabbing them each by the crotch. Nice. I like, I like playing chess with bald men, but it's difficult to get 32 of them. In some cases, he will hold their penises and give them a little shake. How do you do, sir? How do you do it? Oh, you're in the Masons. Okay. Shaking it more than twice is just playing with it. That's right. Graciously, he also offers to massage women's breasts in order to enlarge them also. I is that all them, you have yeah. to do? I guess. Does that mean that the women, Ghana. <laughs> the women with the biggest chests are the ones that have had the massage the most? Is that where we're going? Mm-hmm. Just putting it out there. In a scene broadcast on his own channel, Obinim TV, the bishop says, if you do not like the looks of any part of your body, come to me. What do you want that I can't offer? If you want big buttocks, then I can do it for you. If you want big breasts, I can help. If you have a small manhood, I can change them all whenever you come to the spiritual realm. I thought God... You know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I think I think that God would want you to have re- what you started with, would he not? The bishop shouldn't be changing your bodily features to how you want them to be. He's not changing anything. <laughs> well, I'm really getting into this. I thought we had skills. I thought there was magic afoot. I thought he was using the powers of the you Bible. You are booking your ticket. What do I want? What do I need? Oh, I see. I I don't want a lot for Christmas. (laughs) All I want for Christmas. Why, madam, I say. 
Bishop Obinim, who founded the International God's Way Church in the Ashanti region of Ghana, has been criticized for his controversial practices. Really? In August, he was filmed whipping teenagers while accusing them of being sexually promiscuous. He is now facing charges of indecency. To be fair, if you was in a long line standing at the altar, you'd want to be the one of the first rather than one at the end. Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't want to be the tenth person that he shaked that day. Do you see where we are? If you're all in a line, kneeling before God at the altar, and each one's getting a tug, you'd want to be one of the first, wouldn't you? You know what I'm saying? That's where you'd want to be. I don't think he finishes them. Would you want your breasts touched? (laughs) No, I don't know what the rules are. What are the rules here? Is he just pulling them around like you'd get a balloon started just to start blowing one up? Do you know the guys that do those balloons with the models? Yes, you bring them up every week. Yes. You stretch. Yes, every week. You're kneeling at the altar. Mm -hmm. And are you getting like... (laughs) Is it being stretched? I mean, how long does he get? Do you work your way along? What's going on It says a little shake. To be fair... If you was one of the women in the congregation, you wouldn't be dating any of the guys that are kneeling at the front, would you? You'd be looking at the ones sat at the back with their arms crossed, looking smug, thinking, I ain't got to get up there. Mm-hmm. Would you not think? If you were looking to date someone, I'm not going to date the ones that went up there. I'm going to stick with the guys sitting at the back, looking bored, waiting for the congregation to start singing. Next, this is where we are. Well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores in last place with the K2 meter and the dead battery. It is Emma Morris what? who scored I know. minus one. But in resplendent first place, sharing the $33,000 IR cameras, Michelle and myself, who both scored four points tonight. Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Or you can follow my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips and remember we now do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show in a round called not for your mother that you can access in our archives if you go to mqta radio on soundcloud.com but do remember we are a week behind in our archives my gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to lorna hunter heather morris Tom drainer michelle corrie and nathan bush and all at the international paranormal society in paranormal.net and all of the show's sponsors including the lakes area paranormal interest group and mufon of minnesota it just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember be interested 